The Big Shiny Robot Podcast is brought to you by the Bohemian Brewery. This is Tyson. This is John. This is Rebecca. This is Nick. This is still Tom. This is Lucas. And you're listening to the Big Shiny Robot Podcast. Brothers and sisters, welcome to yet another weekly message of love from the Church of Slice. From this, I would like to share with you the ideology that all are equal and loved under our Lord Jesus. A man did come to him and say to the Slice, My wife is enjoying a meal, and I find this meal to be unholy. And the Slice said to the man, What be this meal? And the man said, Well, she calls it a pizza. However, this meal that she is enjoying, it is... It is circular in nature, and there is cheese, and there are vegetables, and some meat, and some sauce. However, it is completely enclosed, as if some kind of cheesy, maybe burrito. And the man said to him, my son, that is a calzone. And calzones, while they may not be in the perfect image of the za, they are fine, and they are loved. And not, do not worry thyself, my son, with the label of what thou eats, but yet with the love and acceptance of the slice. So, so speaking of, <laughs> we're going to talk about a little more serious subject this week. Uh, generally, we kind of have fun, lighthearted discussions, but we wanted to delve in a little bit to toxicity and fandom. Uh, there's been that's kind of been on the rise for a long while, but it seems like it's hitting a bit of a fever pitch. Um, Rebecca, I think you had a definition of what. Yeah. This is. So in 2017, there was an essay that a girl posted um, that's kind of gotten a little bit viral called the 1% theory within fandoms. Um, and it dictates that, um, in every fandom on average, 1% of fans will be a pure unsalvageable tire fire. Uh, they're the people who do physical harm over their fandom. They start riots and cannot be talked down. Uh, the sort of things public news stories are made aware of. Um, we're not talking about the bad fans, but we're talking about people who take things so seriously they are willing to start a goddamn fist fight over nothing. They are the absolute worst of the worst. And uh, she breaks it down into numbers, like 1%. Like, if you have a fandom that's maybe 500 people, 1% is really not that bad. But when you get to something like Star Wars that has millions and millions of fans, 1% is pretty big. And... Um, and they're usually the most vocal, too. And they're usually the most vocal. And that's what always, always, always stands out on the internet the most is the negatives and those who are so vocal about mm -hmm. the things that they hate. That is what people tend to focus on. Um, and especially, like, this week in particular, there was a news story that Kelly, Kelly Marie Tran had quit Instagram because that 1% of fandom got so aggressively hostile towards her that she had to leave social media. Um and that's the kind of thing that like reaches the news. Like we see all the time um, fans thinking Star Wars was ruined that by The Last Jedi. And yeah, that's fine. But when it targets a specific individual, um, I think people tend to take it a little bit more seriously. So, so what if we step back just a little bit and yeah. explain what happened in this situation? Yeah, and I was going to ask specifically, like with Kelly Marie Tran, um, did, like, did it hit like a crescendo this week? that it hit a crescendo in that or was it like a thing where it's just like since the last jedi came out it's just been non-stop and she finally just had enough do we know um i would say it hit a crescendo in that she finally had to leave okay um because i do think that you know it'll happen to anyone if you're hit with a constant barrage of negative attacks on your social media a place that is supposed to be fun uh you're not going to want to participate anymore right well especially as a celebrity i think it transcends being fun and it's part of your brand 
you know, putting yourself out there. So it's also a business situation to where that it's a lot harder for them to leave. I well, would think too. She in particular too. She's very, she's very pure. Like if there's videos of her, every time she sees a Rose cosplay or, um, there was, there's a video of her in a restaurant and the table next to her is talking about how much they loved her character in the last Jedi. And she's just at the table, like trying not to cry because she's so happy. <laughs> like she's very pure and takes her, takes the love that she feels so strongly. And so because of that, she's going to take the hatred super mm. personally too. Mm-hmm. So that's that situation that John, <laughs> you weren't as familiar with what was going on, right? Correct. Like I had read some headlines. I just didn't have time to read this week in all honesty. So I saw she left social media. It's because people were being mean, but I didn't know if that was directed specifically Star Wars or like personal attack. But see, it's a big enough issue that even though you didn't read anything this week, you still knew about yeah. it. Now, that's a good question. Kind of in the, the midst of that, though, is this just related to her? Um, no, it um, at it, least as far as, let's say, Star Wars, like particular, like this week in particular, uh, the news highlighted her because she left social media but since last jedi came out it's been so aggressive towards ryan johnson and lucasfilm um saying that star wars was ruined by kathleen kennedy yeah like kathleen kennedy is receiving death threats constantly um and for those that don't know who's kathleen kennedy she's like the what is her title over there like she's she's like she's head honcho kevin feig of Lucasfilm, correct? Yeah. She's like the uh, direction. She decides what's canon, what's not. She leads that she's, whole... What yeah. gets greenlit. She's, she's the, the final George. say in everything Star Wars right now. She's George Lucas. Yeah. She's the... Exactly. The next She's George Disney's and, George Lucas. Yeah, but <laughs> because of her, there's a ton of fandom films like Indiana Jones, and I can't name the other ones off the top of my head right now, but that wouldn't exist without her. Like, she is responsible for a ton of your favorites, but because Star Wars, this property that we feel like we are owed, um, because people weren't happy with the direction of Last Jedi, people, I think, overcorrected to extreme hatred and, like, their nasty monsters came out. <laughs> As opposed to, ah, this isn't. As me. opposed to, meh. I oh, wonder, well. it almost feels like it's a. Because you had the original trilogy, right? And then you had the prequels, and there were plenty of us that didn't like those and kind of would bitch and moan about it. Mm-hmm. And it feels like now you've got this new trilogy, and it's just that times 10. You know, it's just getting worse and worse with every trilogy. Like also consider, too, when the prequels came out, the communication on the internet wasn't as widespread. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's like the same thing with like autism diagnoses, right? Like there's not a rise in kids with autism. There's a rise in our ability to diagnose it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what happened too with these new Star Wars films versus like the prequels. More people are able, they are, e- they have easy access to a platform to express their negative, nasty thoughts. And because you're behind a screen, no one can see you yeah. being nasty. Mm-hmm. Well, and also you look at the prequel stuff. It's like, uh, it just was a delayed uh, bomb that went off because you're right. There wasn't any, there was kind of segregated chat rooms and message boards that people would get, could get on there and bitch, but there weren't these social, social media wasn't a thing. You couldn't just fling your thoughts out into the internet or interact with other people. But now that that is there, even though uh, Phantom Menace is coming up on 20 years old, there's still people out there that just like are so angry about it. I they... think that's part of it too, is there was 
people were so unhappy with those that it has amplified expectations for everything that follows. Well, and um, there's ways to rally supporters on the internet now too, like GoFundMe and change.org. People have started petitions to retcon the last Jedi or 4chan. Yeah. Like there's ways to rally the supporters. So now there's more places for those types of people to the 1% to gather and amplify their voices. Well, and I I think um, to tie onto that, you know, it's, as people, we very much want to be like vindicated or validated, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think when you do find a person who shares your views, right, and you're worried that someone doesn't and that person validates you, like it almost makes you more confident and louder. And I think that's part of it too because they're all being brought together on this internet thing. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, YOLO swag 420XXX does think this movie's trash too. Awesome. Now we're friends and we're loud about it. And they jump to the next hub and it just keeps like snowballing. What's Almost the, that but, It's the echo chamber within the bubble. But, exactly. Like yeah. one of my mm-hmm. big questions that I've had, especially thinking about this today, um, like looking at John's T-shirt, Justice League. That movie did not do so great. Why aren't people more upset about that? Why are people so aggressively loud about Star Wars, rather, like compared to DC movies and like Ghostbusters? So I will tell you. I, or at least uh, I read an interesting article this week. And it was talking about Ocean's 8, which just came mm-hmm. out. Uh, Sandra Bullock and a whole bunch of other ladies. So it's it's the third version of Ocean's 11. Because mm-hmm. the one in the 2000s was a remake of a Rat Pack yeah, movie Rat from Rat the Pack. 60s, yeah. right? And at least in this article, was, I believe The Hollywood Reporter, it talked about the, the biggest difference going into this versus Ghostbusters. So Ghostbusters, you had 4chan and all these uh, groups pushing to uh, post up bad reviews. People that hadn't even seen the movie yet because it mm-hmm. hadn't come out right. to bomb the, the reviews. And the biggest difference between Ghostbusters and Star Wars versus, say, Justice League and Ocean's 8 is nostalgia. Hmm. You've got these people that feel that it's a part of their childhood. It's a part of them. They've decided what it is and what it should be coming hmm. forward in the future. But And Justice League, my argument with that would be there is no nostalgia for those movies. Like, you have Batman, and people will dog on the Batman movies. But for the most part, there's not that you deep-seated... You Superman with Christopher Reeve. But, like, I get what you're saying. At the same time, like, welcome to being a fucking adult. Like, you are never going <laughs> to recapture what you felt as a child. It is impossible. Yep. You are. Well, some people can't handle that. You yeah, can't that have a clean slate ever also... again and be reintroduced to something. Nothing yep. is ever going to live up to your expectations yep. and to be an asshole, like, as comic book readers, right? Mm-hmm. You've been mm-hmm. reading Spider-Man since you were how old? 17. Have you loved every writer that has taken on Spider-Man? Oh, no. Not at all. And how You many have the option to leave <laughs> and come back as you please. You mm-hmm. don't need... Yep. No one owes you... Their creative vision owes you nothing. Right. It is their vision. If you want to do better, get a fucking job. Go do it better. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think this Find is more like that, that sense of like uh, entitlement and feeling like that they're owed something is because they have a sense of nostalgia. And there was no sequels to the original trilogy. We eventually got prequels and there was a bunch of novels out there that were considered canon for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but people had it in their heads. Everyone in their heads that was a Star Wars fan had had it that, oh, well, this is how the story probably continued on and played out, right? I know myself, like as a kid, 
uh, me and my buddy, we would play Legos, and this is before Star Wars Lego sets actually existed. We would build TIE Fighters and X-Wings and stuff out of the existing Legos we had, and we would have our continuing adventures of Luke and Leia and all that kind of stuff, right? I guarantee you, nothing that we did with those Legos ever made it into a movie. And the last with The Last Jedi, I didn't ever foresee, like, uh, Luke becoming, like, this grizzled old, like, angry dude, right? Did they just keep kissing even though they just kept going at it? But, like, I didn't ever foresee, like, in my, in my head as to where the story continued, I didn't see Luke becoming, like, this old, grizzled, pessimistic asshole, right? That being said, I love The Last Jedi, and I was cool with the direction that they took it. And even if I wasn't... So well, what? And like, what I really loved about Last Jedi and like Infinity War too was they deviate from formulas. Yep. Um, like mm-hmm. within Star Wars and honestly any popular story, there's a formula that makes it successful. And because these franchises are already so successful, these creators now have an opportunity to play around and um, make the story their own because they don't owe the fans anything. And this is just their story that they are presenting. Um, and te- I mean, in Star Wars, it is there's a whole thing about canon versus not canon. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it's that, and that's why I like Last Jedi and Infinity War because they're so different and they don't follow a specific formula. But I think people get really possessive of the formula. Like they expect a happy ending. They expect um, an Empire Strikes Back, where oh no, what is going to happen next? Um, and when that doesn't happen, and they're left wondering what actually is going to happen next because they have no idea because they don't know this new formula. I think it's frightening. I think an extension of that too would be, uh, you know, as human beings, the, one of the primary things for us is a need to belong. We want to belong, whether that's to a group, uh, to a family or to like, a you know, a spirituality, what have you. And growing up for a lot of these folks, including us, there were things in Star Wars that hinged off of those needs to belong and made you feel like you belonged into this universe, this Star Wars. There were stories, maybe it was Luke or Leia, that helped you become the adult that you now are. And I think it becomes really difficult when people grow up and that that thing that you belong to has changed and it doesn't ping off of those things that you relate to anymore. Well, And, and you that, don't feel like you belong to it. I think that's a big part of why people freak the fuck out. And that thing that you belong to used to be such a small niche group of people. Mm-hmm. Whereas now yeah. it is so globally spread that people are finding it hard to share. And maybe yeah. to, to tie to the breaking of my microphone, <laughs> to, the, uh, to the point of like growing up, right? I think Star Wars might be worse as a fandom because... If you think about it, like, life is about change, right? And I think a lot of us are hitting a point where our worlds are greatly changing, right? Like, you start getting into your older years, you know, and start adulting more and shit gets different. And there's midlife crises and all kinds of stuff, right? And so when you're upset or in crisis about something like that, for example, you look for stability, I think. And I think Mm -hmm. that that is the one thing that for people of our age and honestly there's probably like a 15 year plus minus window on it right because it's been so prevalent mm-hmm. that you get angry at other shit and lash out and i feel like that could very well be tied to this too of it is such an intrinsic part of the fabric of people right now mm-hmm. that you know you've got a lot of these people probably have chaos over here and they're like oh it's cool i'm going to go to my star wars and then their star wars doesn't have whatever they've decided in their lizard brains they need to be comfortable 
And so then they just get mad at that too. And I think there could definitely be a lot of that. Pop pop culture is your safe space. Right. And I wonder too, because the United States is such a garbage fire right now anyway, that like on a much larger scale, people feel like their lives, their personal lives are in chaos. So they, you know, the large population turns to the Star Wars and that's why they are so much more vocal about it. Well, I think that's a good point based off of, uh, what's being brought up? Like, why is why are they saying Star Wars is being ruined? Like the stuff you guys said on itinerary. Yes. It's this PC culture and women. And what's the big movement right now? Is Me Too and well, and that's, women. Yeah, and that's and that's part of it too. Like, so kind of like break away from the fact that there's just like a whole like subgroup of Star Wars fans that just feel entitled because it's Star Wars and they think mm-hmm. that they should have a say and that they're owed a certain st- uh, storyline and well, and they feel like they're owed resolution. certain characters. They're they're owed their white male protagonists. Yeah, which is and so weird. It's so weird, and the the idea of seeing a woman of color doing something heroic is frightening to them. And and that's what I think some of this comes mm-hmm. down to now is that in America right now, like we have a president. And we have a whole political party and we have all sorts of subgroups and everything that feel emboldened to say what they want about other races, other cultures, the opposite gender, uh, gender non-conforming people. Um, and they feel emboldened to say those things because it, and now they're taking that and they're applying it to their fandoms because you look mm-hmm. at the Kelly Marie trans stuff. A bunch, like most of those messages. I mean, why would people be bringing up on her latest Instagram post from a week ago, The Last Jedi again? Because nothing's happened with The Last Jedi. The Je- Last Jedi came out in theaters however many months ago. Yeah. It came out on digital, you know, more recently than that, but it's been out for a while. Well, a lot of those comments weren't about that. It was they're taking out their anger on her, and that was the spark that ignited that. But it was about her race. It was about right. her gender. Do you think that's because it's something they think they can control? Like you can, uh, it is easy to feel like you can't necessarily control what happens in politics, but you can control what happens in your fandom. I feel like it's yeah. that's I what the, that. I feel like the a lot of it is that's what these people truly feel because they're sexist, racist assholes, and they have a platform and the anonymity. and the culture that you know, kind of promotes being able to say this stuff. And so they can lash out with that stuff. But see, I would go even one further. Sorry, Tom, real quick. I would even go one further on what Rebecca's saying because as a culture of fandoms, that's how it works. Deadpool would not be a movie if it wasn't for a bunch of fans seeing a leaked footage and saying, yes, that's what I want, do that. Mm -hmm. And then the studio's listening because that works. Tom, go ahead. So to tie to that and to Tyson's point, I think it also... Um, and I can't remember who wrote the article, but I read an article about like political arguing and discussion, and it was written by I think it was an asshole from Breitbart in like early two thousands, mid like maybe two thousand eight ish, talking about how if you're gonna and it was it was written about defeating libtards, I think was what this thing was called. But basically, <laughs> the whole purpose was you get somebody, you ask somebody a very thoughtful question, so that they will go out and do research on the topic and come back with a thoughtful answer, and then you immediately discount it and tell them to fuck off because at some point that person will stop engaging with you and you've just wasted their time, and that's the whole goal. And I feel like... Like being a troll. Yeah, I feel like that has spun up very much so in a way like I think of politics and like I think of when I'm debating with somebody, like someone talks to me about the current political situation and I go, well, do you really think what we have is better than what Hillary Clinton would have been? And they can't get over the fact that Bill Clinton got a blowjob 20 years ago, right? So, and sorry. So, just like to finish point so I don't forget because I'm a little hungover. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, 
they they've stuck this one thing that validates their opinion and it validates it well to them, right? And you see this circulating in a lot of fandoms. I see it in Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, the new meme in Street Fighter is that the animations aren't good, right? And there's a whole lot to that, and I want to dive into it. But that's what people that really just don't like getting their ass kicked in fighting games have decided is their reason for hating this game. That for some reason in their heads they should love it, and it's a meme, and they're memeing the fuck out of it, whether or not it's inaccurate or even applicable at this point, right? And I feel yeah. like with – I cannot remember her name. Kelly Marie Tran. Thank you. Um, I feel like with her, for whatever reason, they just decided being loud and stupid about her race is their – is like that's their that's their hold fast and their reasoning now for being angry because she ruined a Star War, right? And so because there was a Star War ruined and they decided that her character is the reason it was ruined, they feel they can say anything they want because they have that justification. And I think that's just like a very – common thread through all of this toxic fandom i'm saying is like oh we found a reason and now we're justified so we can do whatever the fuck we want over here because at the end of the day we're just defending this one little this one little needle yeah the ends justify the the means right so that reminds so then how do you change it because Mm. i am thinking about a graph that i saw that was shared by mark ruffalo about um political articles shared on facebook and there was a cluster of red dots and a cluster of blue dots of people sharing various articles related to their leanings and there was almost no disbursement um Mm -hmm. because if you believe one thing if you are republican hardcore conservative you're going to surround yourself with those type of people and that's the only type of content you will see and same on the left side so it's the same way within fandoms i imagine because i know on my facebook everybody loves star wars there's no real haters but i'm sure you know on those who are so aggressively against it their facebook is full of nothing but pessimism and disparagement against star wars so how do you change it how do you reach those people yeah why do you need to well, like, I guess that's, I, I guess that's my question. Like why Well, they want, they obviously want to have a conversation. They write Lucasfilm asking them to make changes. Right. I don't know if that's them wanting a conversation or just wanting to scream into the void. Sure. sure. But, but I think, I think, you know, it, it starts in a person by person basis. And I think it's, I don't know if it will be fixed by these, some of these communities, because I do feel it's a, it's a stepping outside of your comfort zone situation, right? Like I think social media has given us the ability to curate who we communicate with and what we see, right? Mm-hmm. And th- like, there's even things I'm learning that I like in Twitter. Like, there are people that will just go through and just mute people that get retweeted a lot, just to like collate their feeds and clean them up, right, and keep them neat. But what ends up happening with that is you you put yourself in a bubble, right? Mm-hmm. And I I don't I don't know how we get past that, but I think like as a person, don't fucking put yourself in a bubble, right? Like, be willing, even if you completely vehemently disagree, you should probably be willing to hear what someone else has to say mm-hmm. and with star wars specifically like you did this to yourself your fucking constant demands yeah. has mm-hmm. now created one star Wars movie a year you are going to be disappointed over and over <laughs> and over <laughs> again for at least the next decade well and probably longer and like think of like yeah. think of how hard it is to create good content and i'm not writing it off by any means but like it takes a lot of people and a lot of work and it takes and some lightning in the bottle too yeah and and that is that is what i always think too like how many star wars have you fucking created yeah you've made no star wars they made a whole star wars i wrote a whole i was gonna say (laughs) yeah yeah. let me show you some of my fan fiction yeah but their star wars made millions and millions of dollars your star wars made five bucks because you gave it to a friend right and i and i think that that brings me back to i think there's just like a large there's a large swath of these fandoms though that just feel 
emboldened to yeah. you know it's what's what's that group of people the incels in, yeah the incels oh, dear fuck you know what i mean you know they like were started by libertarian that the libertarian is, started that, that surprises me zero percent and it was by a joke that the libertarian made there speaking of which there's a really painful documentary on youtube called shy guys irl or shy boys irl oh no Ooh, it's all about a pickup artist who meets with um the owner of like loveshy.com or something like so he meets with a love shy and an incel and like teaches them jesus how to pick up women but my, my point being and i'm not and i'm not trying to generalize star wars like i said this is a very sub culture within star wars fandom but you've got a lot of kids who are or grown-ups who have kind of insulated their lives mm. into like this classic stereotypical nerddom you know what i mean they don't they don't know how to socially interact with whether it's the other gender or not. They just don't know how to socially interact. So then they get mad at women. They start lashing out. And a lot of this I think comes down to, yes, they're mad at star Wars, but they're also mad that a young girl is the star of star Wars now. And that she has these force powers because you hear them try to justify it. No, I don't have anything, any problem with Daisy Ridley. It's that how does someone so young and not as strong have this much force power? It's like, because that's the story. She's yeah, not special. That's a deviation from the formula. Exactly. Is that she's no one. She's literally no exactly. one. That anybody mm-hmm. can be that special. But they're piggybacking mm-hmm. off of that yeah. to also... She's special. It's it's common. <laughs> but, they, but they also use that to piggyback on the fact that they also have these predominantly sexist, misogynistic, and racist thoughts... And they, they add that into it. Right. You know what I mean? And it justifies, again, like, I really think that to them, they know it's wrong, but it justifies that. And they're like, no, it's, it's okay that I feel this way because... Well, it gives them room to, in my yeah. head, it gives them room to backtrack. Because yeah. if someone calls them out for being sexist, it's like, well, no, 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 no. I don't have any problem against the person. It's the character. It's like, well, the one it's, thing that you don't like about the character is sexist. that she's the star. Right. Because yeah. also remember, what people get upset about is reflections on themselves and reflections of what they are they are themselves going through. So you can tell, you can tell me I'm not sexist and I'm not racist against real people, but I am against characters. And that's okay. You're not racist real. and sexist against people. Yeah. yeah. Well, and look at any of these, um, kind of giant blowbacks that we've had in recent times, right? We look at ghostbusters, right? That was probably in recent memory. One of the bigger ones, mm-hmm. people were mad at the simple fact that it was a cast of women, Right. Sure, you had some people that were concerned that they were rebooting the franchise in general and were a little uncomfortable with that because of their nostalgia or whatever. Sure. But you had a large, large, large group of people that were mad that they cast four women to star in Ghostbusters, right? Now you look at Star Wars. What are they mad about? They're mad about Asian women, women in general, being the stars of their properties. What other ones did I have written down there? I think I had some others. So Mass Effect... Doctor Who. Oh, I was gonna say. Do- so how, I was gonna say. So, right? what do you suggest to head? Because Doctor Who's coming with a new lady doctor. What do you suggest to head off that inevitable barrage of negative attacks? So, there's nothing that we can do about any of this. With and that attitude. No, no, no. There's nothing, and yeah. it's like people are people, and mm-hmm. they have to go on their own journeys. And this this mirror idea that you're talking about, I think it's even further extended than, you know, you're claiming that you don't like you know, different ethnicities or genders for characters, but not for people. I think the reflection more of it, you know, seeing a woman star is like me as a man, I can't, I don't know if I can relate to this. Like, am I no longer important? Is this, is my, uh, the things that I tied to, are those going to start disappearing? Am I going to disappear? Because if you start digging down with a lot of these guys talking about it, 
even the incel or like the tribe of kings guys the idea yeah but the idea is that men will it, there's a some genocide and it sounds ridiculous but that's the mirror that's belief, the yeah. fear mm -hmm. that they have yeah that's something that journey they have to go through yeah. nobody's going to shake people into this and you're just going to drive yourself crazy but, screaming and, at them but I, I, so uh, i don't know if you guys follow wine on earth very much uh but that show is magical and the community is super super fucking positive mm -hmm. and something that i feel that community does very well is they just aren't going to take it and it's a very clear line of like that's not what this is about so you can take your shit and get the fuck out if you're going to be like this and I'm not saying that necessarily that might be the best way to treat people because I know like as a human, you probably want to like uplift and bring people with you. But I do believe in cutting cancer and I think at some point you have to look at somebody like, look, I've heard what you have to say. You're toxic as fuck and I don't think I want to be part of what you have. Well, and there's you a, need but to is that creating it. more but, of a bubble? See, that's I think probably, that's, but I think with those types of people. That's not a bad attitude. I think it's a little shameful. Instead of telling someone they're toxic as fuck, being like, here's a boundary. Like, here's how I would like to discuss these things. We're not going to bring up gender or race. If you have other stuff, I'm happy to talk about this fandom or this movie. But setting firm boundaries and needs. If you shame people, it's only going to cause them to go further in their holes and keep doing this shit. Sure, and I guess, I guess shame's not what I'm getting at. I'm getting at, like, as a fandom, mm -hmm. you need to be willing to be like, we're not going to engage in this. Whether that mm -hmm. means people aren't allowed to participate or not is up to you, but... It's setting I, firm boundaries yeah, exactly. and, and holding people to them. Yep. Yeah. yeah, because there is a difference between having a disagreement and being flat out attacking. Mm -hmm. Well, and there's, it's, you know, I, you watch people like Brian, and I don't think he's doing anything wrong, but engage with these prequel haters and stuff all the time on Twitter. And watching him do that is looks fucking exhausting, right? Mm -hmm. And in my head, I, I in the, kind of the, the path that I've taken now is Star Wars doesn't need my defense. Kathleen Kennedy... Uh, Mark Hamill, George Lucas, Disney do not need me to come to the defense of their properties. No. They're doing just fine, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think it comes to the fact of there, I think there are some people that you can engage in a reasonable conversation. Sure. I am friends with somebody that doesn't care for the way Star Wars is going right now, but we can have a discussion about it. And I can say, I disagree with this point. And he can say, well, I disagree with your point. And it has nothing to do with the genders of the characters. It has to do with stories. And we disagree. And that's just the way it is. But he's also not toxic about it. And yeah. saying, you know, I feel like this is the way that it should go. And I signed this petition and all of this. And and even before the podcast, you and I were talking about Deadpool 2. Mm -hmm. I fucking love Deadpool 2. I thought it was a great film, superior to the first. You were... I disagreed hard. Yeah, you. exactly. And, but my... my response to you wasn't like oh well you're fucking stupid like you know what you're talking about it was oh well why do you feel met on it you yeah. know engaging you in a conversation and so i think there's i i do think there's a fine line that you can walk where some of these people who are very very unhappy with star wars i do think that there's a subset of them that you can engage in a conversation with and hear them out and hear their problems and sometimes people just want to be heard and that's and that's enough but I also agree with Tom, too, that there are some people that are just out there with an axe to grind. They're mad about the ladies. They're mad about the race. They're mad about everything. And I don't think there's a whole lot of use in engaging those types of toxic people. Yeah. And yeah, maybe you're creating a little bit of a bubble, but you're never going to change their mind. And you're just wearing yourself out on something that you enjoy. And especially when it comes to fandom, I don't know if a bubble is necessarily a bad thing because I know in like my fandom stuff... I like hearing people's alternative views on things and why they may not like an aspect that I did enjoy, but also it's something that I enjoy and I want to surround myself sure. with people 
that also enjoy it because at the end of the day it's a fucking space movie with monsters in it and, and god forbid you get a different viewpoint you add something right. to your fucking yeah exactly, process, exactly. You know? well and as long as that viewpoint is like sure you know something thought-provoking right not that's like that's what i mean yeah exactly like hey you know i didn't like that that luke is kind of this grizzled old man now like how do you feel about his character arc instead of like you know what i hate that they let in those fucking bitches into my Star War, and I'm pretty upset well, about it. Like, oh, I'm not engaging you, man. And, yeah. I, and I think to avoid the bubble thing too, right, it's it's you have to be very careful to avoid groupthink. Because something so uh, – this is like a real-life example for me. So like we've built kind of a little Street Fighter community among our friends, right? And we have a pretty large group of people that come with us every week of varying ideas. But one of the boundaries we established early was like if you're just here to talk shit, like get out. Because we don't mm-hmm. need to deal with that. Like, if you don't like the game, that's fine. Then why are you here? Like, make that decision to not be here or be here, right? Right. And, you set a boundary. Yeah, exactly. And, we want to have a positive environment. Something that we've seen and we've had to push back on is that now we see us coming over this other way where somebody will make, like, a critique and immediately people are like, ugh, you're just memeing on this fucking shit. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, this person can have an opinion that is opposite of ours. And I think that being emotionally available to like have those internal slots and go back and forth um mm-hmm. is important and i think also bubble wise too i'm not sure how i'm connecting this but i think you should also really assess like do you actually need to interact with this person and what i mean by that is like if you lucas came mm-hmm. to me and were like hey this is how i feel about this and i would listen and go oh well you know i disagree mm-hmm. and i would you know go back on it and then we would be like okay cool and then we would just continue doing what we do together right or like a coworker. but if it's I guess what I don't understand about some of this is why 420 Yolo Swag 69 on Twitter. Will you please stop you, using my no. gamer tag? <laughs> I'm sorry. Do you know 420 Yolo <laughs> Swag? Like it's just X. my favorite gamer tag. I'm sorry. Tom's but, got like this deep vendetta. No, it's – I'm just making up a random no, – but, but like why – I guess for me, I would love to understand why that person has decided that 350 people they don't even know need a direct message or an at – with all of their thoughts on this as if that stranger like for me if someone does it i go huh i disagree with that person and i just move the fuck on with my day like that person i never talk again because i don't care sure well i wonder too if it's again the availability because i i think this conversation reminds me a lot of like looking at reviews for stuff like on amazon too like if there's nothing but negative reviews about a thing yeah, a lot of people had a really bad experience with it, but also consider, and especially like in looking at apartments or something, how many people have positive experiences that don't bother to go leave positive reviews? Right. But um, same thing, I think because of the availability, like on Amazon customer questions that customers are also able to answer, people are like, oh, does it do X, Y, Z? And the first answer is always, well, I don't know, I haven't used it yet, but it says it does then like, why the fuck are you answering? Right. Because yeah. you have the ability. That was a, there was a metaphor when I first, my first job working retail, uh, the manager had said, there's like, there's friendly people. And then he referred to them as terrorists when it comes to like your customers. And you can, there's, when you help people and they have a good experience, every 10 or 100 of them, maybe one of those people yeah. will go talk about how nice that experience <laughs> was. But when someone has a bad experience, every person that has a bad experience is going to tell everyone they yep. know. Yep. They'll, they'll tell 10 friends. Yep. Yep. Because people, otherwise, you're just like, oh, yeah, it was cool. Uh, final thing. If you clock Star Wars, The Last Jedi, yes. male to female ratio on screen, I guarantee it is at least 50-50, if not more, lean towards males. Yeah. yeah Finn's arc, Luke's arc. Poe's arc. Mm-hmm. It's 
Kylo mm-hmm. Ren's whole thing. He's in virtually every scene that Daisy Ridley is in, with the exception of like a three-minute montage on the island. Yep. Give me a break, dude. Yeah, and it was actually a really good movie, too. Yeah, and truthfully, Kelly Marie Tran, I didn't like her character. Not because she's Asian or a woman. I just thought it was lame. But that's because... my opinion. It also didn't ruin yeah. the movie for me. And it was like one of like five subplots going on in that movie. Give me a break. You also didn't run to Instagram and start like taking it out on her that, you know, she was the problem, you know? And the reason I thought it was cheesy. But like I show Star Wars to someone who's never watched Star Wars, the original trilogy, and they're like, "This is fucking cheesy. Why am I?" You know, like that is Mm -hmm. what it is. It's funny you bring that up because that was uh, Danielle had never seen. She's never seen a lot of things, but one of which was the Indiana Jones series. So we sat down and she was familiar with it a little bit, but we watched it and she loved it and had a lot of fun with it. And so then I told her I haven't seen the Crystal Skull since it came out in theaters, but I'd be curious if you want to watch it. It's streaming. (laughs) Yikes. So we sat down and watched it, and she said, yeah. Why this... do you hate Harrison Ford so much? And she'd said, there's a couple. That was, that was a joke. Like, <laughs> Not just Crystal Skull. Yeah. Is... But that was the thing. Is we watched it, and she said, <laughs> yeah, there's a couple things that were over the top, but this is just as ridiculous and cheesy as all the other movies. And mm-hmm. the second movie, someone has their heart torn out through a rib cage. Like, this isn't that much I mean, far-fetched. And live. <laughs> but the, we grew up with it, and then we have our ideas. Yeah. Temple of Doom about, was not a good movie. Not by it's any okay means. It's okay to say. Hearing Steven Spielberg's wife <laughs> scream the entire time. Yeah. Hmm. So hearing someone say, sorry, I cut you off. Oh, no, that was it. Yeah. It's not good. I don't, I don't have more to expand on. I would also say just to, to everyone out there, too, again, a lot of the, your beloved properties... I get that you love them and you want to defend them because you're passionate about them. And I understand that. And I'm guilty of it myself. I I, I don't like anything that we've discussed here today. I can't say that I am completely not guilty of doing Mm -hmm. at some point in my life. I try to be better about it now because I feel more confident in what I'm a fan of and what I enjoy. And if someone disagrees, that's fine. And depending on how you approach that, I may or may not engage you in a conversation about that. But at the same time, if you're passionate about something and you feel the need to defend it, you know, you're only giving them a voice when you um, screenshot them and call them out specifically on social media or retweet their tweets with comments. And you're giving them a larger voice and then you're interacting with it and then you're getting frustrated and saying you're so frustrated with the fandom. And I get that you're going to be frustrated with like that anyway but there's also a point where you get to choose how you interact with these types of people and how you react to them and what kind of platform you give them well i think too it boils down to it needs to be a practice in empathy and what these people are lacking is empathy like yeah they are hurt too but maybe take a take a seat in the other person take a seat in ryan johnson's shoes and what would you do if you had an opportunity to write Star Wars? Well, right? I, mean, I think well, one of my, sorry, just real quick. Like one of my favorite things from Rian Johnson is that when everyone was just super up in arms about Luke projecting himself to the other planet and fighting Kylo Ren and stuff like that, which I thought was awesome. I didn't know that was someone with the force could do, but also guess what? I'm not fucking in charge of Star Wars. So I'm just <laughs> like, yeah, cool. Like I didn't know that was a thing they could do. Like, right. you know, kind of far fetched, but also, also it's space Star movie. Wars. <laughs> and so like, I had zero problems with it. I thought it was a really cool sequence and I knew something was up because Luke looked a hell of a lot younger on that planet, but people were pissed. And my favorite thing is like with, after a week of people just berating Rian Johnson and everyone for it, he does that video where he's in his library and he pulls out the Jedi handbook that is like 
Lucasfilm official, this is the Jedi religion and everything, and turns right to the page where it says, you know, outlines that they have the ability, you know, a Jedi master can project himself across the stars and, you know, appears if he's there. And it was, it's like, what do you guys have to say about that? You know, well, shut and the fuck up. The other part of that is, is like, that was removed from canon. And he brought it back in. That book technically wasn't canon at the time. The, of the, guy, the guidebook thing? Yeah, it like had been Jedi stripped. And he brought it back in. And with Solo, that was the same deal. They just brought canon? back uh, Star Wars Clone Wars, the animated series, which had been stripped from canon by bringing Darth Maul in with the robot well, legs. It just redid that whole series. Clone Wars is still considered canon. My understanding it's a cartoon. Was well, not. They took that no, off they of stripped it. clone wars they, and rebels i think they said the now. movies clone wars and rebels were canon they stripped the like all of the extended universe like books and stuff away. i thought so the animated series like... rebels was the only that was considered canon okay. rebels it's is like a follow-up fiction. So. it is none of it's real what does it matter what's <laughs> canon and what's not well i mean it doesn't matter what fake thing is real and what fake thing because isn't. if you don't keep it tight it's going to be a loose cannon. Yeah! <laughs> well, I think at the end of the day, it's just part of it's good storytelling and stuff. And you want to see that consistency. But I don't disagree. But and but yeah, to John's point, like, either way, whether it was can like, it's been, there's a precedence for it, right? And none of those people were complaining. Like, their complaint wasn't that, hey, this is something that they said that they could do in this book. And this book is no longer canon, so you shouldn't have done it. Their argument was just, they can't do that. They can't do that. And it's like, well, I mean, okay, canon or Why? not, there's precedence for it. Also, it's fucking Star Wars, and this is Rian Johnson's movie. They entrusted it to him. This is where the story's going. Did if you, you don't create like it, the Jedi? Yeah, no. exactly. Shut the fuck up. Oh, did you direct Looper? No? <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't do any work to get this job? <laughs> okay. You didn't make Joseph Gordon-Levitt look like yeah. a young Bruce Willis? God, that movie was so good. Anyway. So I would say, wrapping up, um, How can we end this on like a positive? Here's your positive note. So practice love. Say so what we love. drop some Brene Brown knowledge. Say on what we love. Us. Don't fight. What, say oh, what we love. Have you been reading? No, don't call her Brene Brown. I don't read anything, but oh, yeah, okay. Brene Brown's great. Uh, yeah, all her videos and everything. Yeah. So on the subject of Brene Brown, uh, she does a lot of research into shame and empathy and toxic masculinity, feminism, all that good stuff. But as a whole, I would say, first and foremost, you have to sit down and decide with yourself what your boundaries and needs are. Maybe you're Brian Young. Maybe your boundaries are, I'm okay with arguing with people about the prequels. But maybe for me, that ruins fandoms. I, I don't like engaging in people that didn't like Ghostbusters. Not so much that I don't want to hear their opinion, but I don't need to hear every plot hole to a movie that I enjoyed. Set your own boundaries. Set your own needs. And then if you do decide to engage with someone else of a differing opinion... The only thing that gets through is empathy and not trying to have them give you empathy, but you giving them empathy because with the, especially with toxic masculinity and shame, the only thing that combats that is empathy. And that's the only thing that will get them to come forward. And then another technique with that would be just ask questions. Oh, you didn't like star Wars. Why didn't you like it? Well, I didn't like this character. Well, what about it? Didn't you like, and have a, an engaging conversation if that is within your needs or the boundaries that you've set. Opinions aren't facts. They are not right nor wrong, right. unless you're a Nazi. Excuse me. Tyson agrees. <laughs> that's, that's what I would say wrapping up is like, you need to decide as an individual what you want to engage in and then just be respectful and empathetic of others. That's how we win. Saving what we love. Dr. Luke's final thoughts. what we hate. Dr. Love what? Oh, <laughs> All right.
This episode has been brought to you by the Bohemian Brewery, located at 94 East Fort Union Boulevard in Midvale, Utah. Please make sure to like and rate us on iTunes.